Hi everyone, I'm David Blindauer, and welcome to this bonus episode of Conversation with a Manager, Stories from the Frontline. This podcast is dedicated to the proposition that managers, particularly frontline managers, are key to an organization's success. This podcast is also in search of the best advice and counsel from experienced managers for anyone new to the role of manager. Here to talk more about today's bonus episode is your host, Steve King. Thanks, David. For today's bonus episode, we want to return to our conversation with Cheryl Fitch. You first heard Cheryl speak to Betsy Hagen in episode six of the second season. In that episode, Cheryl spoke about how managers are really networkers playing the role of go-between between employees, customers, senior leaders, and peer groups. And she gave some advice on how to best play that go-between role. It was a great episode, and if you haven't gotten the chance, I highly recommend that you give it a listen. In this bonus segment, we're sharing a portion of the interview where Cheryl and Betsy talk about the difficult task of letting people go, what we would typically call bluntly firing somebody. I can't think of another managerial responsibility managers dislike handling more. And as you can hear from Cheryl, that's a good thing. Firing someone should never feel easy. That is the first of three takeaways I took from this part of the interview. The second takeaway, as distasteful as it may be, letting someone go is part of a manager's job sooner or later. It can't be dodged, and it must be done. And the third takeaway, it can be done with dignity and respect and should be done in a manner consistent with the manager's own values. No one becomes a manager in hopes of firing another person, but Cheryl's insights can help us better understand this difficult task. We pick up this interview just after my colleague Betsy Hagen has asked this question of Cheryl. What is one of the biggest challenges you face as a manager? The first voice you will hear is Cheryl's. Without a doubt, my most challenging times in any of the roles that I was in is when I had to do something that would impact somebody's employment when I was ending their employment, um, either because of a performance-related issue or because of a reduction in force or what have you. And those, you know, I was that person that I couldn't just put it away. I'd take it home. I'd worry about that person. I'd worry about their family. I'd lose sleep. Like, I just really carried that with me. And um, um, I think that was, you know, that was a gift that I had, but it was, you know, it was also, it made it really hard. And um, I remember when I was, you know, in my first manager role, there was a gentleman on my team that wasn't performing and it was, it, you know, I worked with him way too long um, thinking I could get him there. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it just, it was probably as miserable for him as it was for me. Um and so, um, you know, and then later on, I had to take actions that would impact, you know, multiple people. And those, you know, those were never easy. And um, what I realized is that they never should be easy. Like if you're a good leader or a good manager, it shouldn't be easy. And so, you know, with the first gentleman or with later on within my career, I just had to find peace with finding this balance between I was paid to do a job. I wasn't paid to show up and, you know, be a philanthropist. I was paid to do a job and I needed to wear that hat and, you know, and be a good steward of the company and of our customers and our clients and the other colleagues on our team. And I just, I had to accept that. And so sometimes I had to do things that were 
that were hard, that were emotionally hard, but I was paid to do a job that my paycheck required me to do that. But that didn't mean that I couldn't do those things in a way that is congruent with my values and in a way that I could feel proud that at the end of the day, I did everything I could to support that person. And so in all of those situations, I would just really strive to make sure as an organization, we had done everything we could possibly do to set those people up for success. And then if we hadn't, then my job was to be direct and to be honest and to be as timely as I could be with, you know, with my communications. Um, to be perceived, people didn't have to like my decisions, but I really wanted them to view me as always being fair and always being consistent and always being credible. Um, and then that I did everything I could to bring every resource to the table for them to help them move on to their, whatever their next role may be. And sometimes those are resources within the company. And sometimes those are resources with outside of the company. Sometimes those work you know, personal things that I could do with for somebody. And, you know, I think, I think as you get older and as you get wiser and as you've done it more, you realize that eventually, you know, 99.9% of the people find a landing place that was better, you know, that, that was where they were meant to be at that point in time. But that's a really, really hard lesson to learn. But if you're going to be a manager, you're going to have to cross that bridge at some point. And so, you know, again, my advice would be that um, accept the job that you've been asked to do, that you're required to do, but do it in a way that, um, you know, again, that you feel like is consistent with your values and that really honors the person and the respect of the person that's being impacted by that situation. Yeah, I think that is great advice. I have also added the, the in the similar vein, the idea of, when you keep your intentions aligned to your own values, meaning I want you to be successful, whatever has happened that is not going to allow you to be successful, whether it is something that was about your choices or something that had nothing to do with your choices and simply an act, you are caught up in something that is happening outside of your control, I want for your success. And therefore, I'm going to do the best job that I can in this difficult circumstance of having to let, you know, you go or having to, you know, um, uh, you know, eliminate your position within the organization. It's not, to your point, it's not meant to, to ever be easy. If that's not ever the intent, right? The intent is not, not about our ease, it's about going in with no matter what I'm doing, what I'm saying or why I'm doing it, I'm doing it with the full intent of wanting you to be successful. Yeah, for sure. And I think people can, um, I do feel like people um, can perceive, you know, how genuine you, how genuine you are in that. And so it does have to come from a place of, of true integrity and a true um, genuine spirit. Um, and so, you know, we'll talk a little bit about what does it mean to select a good manager? What do I look for in, in a good manager? I think, you know, I think that's really important that people that are really value relationships, honor relationships and, you know, and want the best for all involved. Mm-hmm. 
If you enjoyed this bonus episode and are a new listener to the podcast, be sure to check out our full-length episodes from Seasons 1 and 2, relevant to all managers. And between episodes, consider picking up a copy of Artel Smith's book, Engage, Coach, Develop. We highly recommend this thoughtful tour of three key responsibilities that every manager needs to master. As always, thanks for listening, and be sure to check back in two weeks from now for another bonus episode. This podcast is supported by NRECA, the National Trade Association representing America's electric cooperatives. NRECA's broad range of products and services include a robust portfolio of leadership programs that provide learners with the knowledge, skills, and resources they need to lead at all levels of their co-op and succeed in today's rapidly changing electric utility industry. Visit cooperative.com learning to explore the value of learning with NRECA.